Of course the church is abusive. Of course the church is anti-intellectual. Of course the church is political propaganda. Because the emperor of Rome, Constantine, founded the church in the 300s AD so that he could have an empire that lasts all throughout human history. The church is nothing except for an empire. These are among the claims of those who affirm what is known as the conspiracy of Constantine. But to what extent is this true? And what evidence do we have for it? Welcome to the Christian Think Tank. And for our series, we have finally reached the episode where we get to focus our discussion for the first time on Christianity. If ever you're intrigued about this conspiracy of Constantine, let's think about it. So, did Constantine found the church as his empire? Well, there are two main considerations when tackling this question. First one, how did the church form, get spread, and accepted? And second, how were the doctrines of the church affected by Constantine? By knowing the answers to these questions, that is, the facts, we can then compare them to the claim, since we have an idea of what that claim would look like if it were true. Let's look at the first consideration. How did the church form, get spread around, and eventually accepted? Now let's suppose that Constantine founded the church and he used this backdrop of this messianic sect from Second Temple Judaism to continue his empire. Now, if this was to continue his empire, then the church would be widely instituted in every city and town under the Roman Empire. This would be the extension of the empire into its subjects' individual and collective spiritual lives. And so for those that are under the empire, they would just accept it either out of loyalty or fear of punishment. It would quickly achieve universal acceptance across the empire and those that were non-Christians would be persecuted en masse for not following it. Is this what happened in his time? Is this the earliest history of the church? Obviously not. Quite the opposite happened to the early church, actually. So what was the early church truly like? How was its acceptance and spread regarded? After the resurrection experiences of Jesus, the earliest Christian communities developed in Jerusalem and, together with the apostolic activities, including the conversion and ministry of Paul of Tarsus, Christianity started spreading to nearby locations elsewhere. Among the first notable locations Christianity has spread to include Damascus, Antioch, and the many places that Paul has addressed his epistles to, particularly the, the churches there that he addresses his epistles to. We now know them to be Ephesus, Corinth, Thessalonica, Galatia, 
Philippi, Colossae, and Rome. The church spread further across Anatolia, in modern-day Turkey, uh, Upper Mesopotamia, and the Eastern Mediterranean, with some churches scattered in Greece and Italy. All of that was in the first century. But it was anything but easy. The whole while, from when the apostles started preaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they were suffering, they were persecuted, and they were martyred. Tradition has it that all of the apostles, including Paul, except for John, were martyred for their faith. Not to mention that all of them, including John, were tortured or exiled prior to their martyrdom. So there's our answer for the first consideration. Even as the faith spread to many cities and areas, it was not favorable. If anything, it was detrimental, practically, for one to become a Christian. The most that the early Christians were granted was limited acceptance or tolerance. And this was usually only after many have already suffered or died. Okay, but probably Constantine did something for the church or for Christianity in terms of its acceptance and probably even its doctrine. And you're right, actually. Constantine did something that changed Christianity from then on. So on to consideration two. How did Constantine affect the doctrines of the church? In other words, what did he do for the church? And for whatever he did, did he do it solely for the sake of his empire? And given the facts, did the answers to these considerations render Christianity false? Is it true then, after all, that the church is abusive, anti-intellectual, and political propaganda as intended? No, not at all. Not a chance. But don't just hear it from me. Let's hear from Father Gregory. He is the local parish priest at the Annunciation Orthodox Cathedral here in Metro Manila. And here's what he has to say regarding Constantine and what he has done for the church. Constantine the Great. In the Orthodox Church, he is considered as the great and renowned sovereign of the Christians. And together with his mother, Helen, they are called equal to the apostles. For one simple reason, when Constantine allowed Christianity to be practiced in the entire Roman Empire, it was a great opportunity for all the Christians to practice their faith freely. Not until before Constantine, the, all the Christians at that time were being persecuted. So when he issued the Edict of Milan, that gave the Christians the opportunity to practice their faith freely in public. Enacted in 313 AD, the Edict of Milan granted, and I quote, to Christians and to everybody, the free power to follow 
the religion of their choice. And to add, Father Gregory also agrees and affirms our earlier point that Constantine did not found the church. He notes that the faith of the apostles and of the earliest followers of Jesus Christ are not forgotten. Alam natin na marami sa ngayon ang nagsasabi na si Constantine ang nagpasimula ng Kristyanismo. But that is false. Hindi matatawaran ang katapatan ng mga sinaunang Kristyano sa ating Panginoon sa Kristo. At sa pananampalataya at mga turo na kanyang ibinigay sa mga apostol at sa mga tagasunod nito. Aside from the Edict of Milan, Constantine is known for having the first Council of Nicaea under his reign. In this, he has essentially organized the council to happen. He gathered all the bishops throughout the Christian world into that one place to discuss, among other things, the divinity of Jesus Christ. To give more context regarding the First Council of Nicaea, around the time, an alternative view regarding the divinity of Christ has been circulating around the Christian world and, by extension, the Roman Empire. This alternative view, called Arianism, affirms that Jesus Christ is not God. This view has gotten widespread enough and controversial enough for the bishops to consider this as a dire religious matter. And by the recommendations of a bishop to Constantine that all the bishops should convene and discuss the matter and settle it, Constantine supported it. And so it was actually the bishop who convened all of these other bishops together, which Constantine supported. Might have been given uh, practical means for them to come together to Nicaea. And by the conclusions of the First Council of Nicaea, where they affirmed that Jesus Christ is God and thereby condemned the alternative view as heresy, it is now up to Constantine to help bring this view accepted in the First Council of Nicaea across the Roman Empire and, by extension, the Christian world. Some people may use this historical fact as a means to justify the second form of the conspiracy of Constantine, that Constantine convened the First Council of Nicaea in order to shape Christianity's doctrines such that Christianity then on would fit more of his views than of the views that were condemned. But this is wrong for two reasons. The first reason is that all that Constantine could do was help support the gathering and convening of all of these bishops together, and he could not make a vote on this particular issue since he wasn't a bishop at the time and throughout his life he was never made into a bishop. And second, Constantine himself was not entirely staunch with the conclusions made at the First Council of Nicaea. For one thing, Arius, the priest who was condemned at the council for propagating this view, now named after him, Arianism, to the extent that it did, Constantine recalled him back. Yes, Constantine recalled Arius back, despite him being the priest that was condemned for the heresy 
against Nicene Christianity from the First Council of Nicaea. And throughout Constantine's reign, there have been multiple interactions between the Arians who affirmed this heresy versus the Nicene Christians who affirmed the First Council of Nicaea. And Constantine more focused on avoiding conflicts between the two. He didn't want them to escalate the conflict and cause unrest in his empire. And so Constantine had more of that on his mind. Therefore, we cannot say that Constantine had the council as a means for him to propagate his own views because it's not consistent with his actions and his main intentions throughout his reign in that particular regard. And for good measure, here's what Father Gregory had to say on the matter. Even during the Council of Nicaea, Maramian nagsasabi na it was Constantine who decided about the divinity of our Lord, and it was wrong. Constantine gathered only all the, the bishops of the Christian world at the time in one place in Nicaea to discuss about the divinity of Christ. And the discussion, the debate that happened during the time was limited only among the bishops and no political interference or influence happened during that time. Constantine only sealed what has been affirmed by the council, by the bishops during the time about the divinity of Christ. Because when it comes to faith, sa pananampalataya, sa pagpapahayag nito, ang mga obispo lamang at ang kaparian ng simbahan ang may karapatan. At ang estado ay tagapagprotekta lamang ng pananampalataya upang masigurado ang katahimikan sa buong imperyo. And so what have we concluded? Let's review. First, we considered how Christianity started, how the church spread and became accepted. And second, we also considered how the doctrines of Christianity were affected by Constantine. And in the end, we saw that one, Christians already existed prior to Constantine and they were highly persecuted, yet were still able to reach several cities that just tell something different about the Christian faith, I suppose. And then second, we also saw that Constantine himself could only help Christianity become more widely accepted. It was not something that he started or instituted, nor did he affect the doctrine in any selfish way. All that he did was to make it legal to practice without persecution through the Edict of Milan. And he also helped convene the First Council of Nicaea, among other things that he did as emperor and Christian convert. But that's pretty much it. Given those answers, those facts, to those two considerations, we can go back to our first question. Did Constantine found the church as a continuation of his empire? We can definitely say, no, he did not. 
thank you for thinking about this with me. And I encourage you to further read on this because the history of the early church itself is so fascinating and full of rich accounts regarding the spread of Christianity and how the early Christians survived amidst the persecution and suffering that they faced. And this gives us insight into how Christianity eventually spread through our world and how it later plays into our world history itself. And perhaps it can give you some lessons regarding how you can live your own Christian life. And to further ask, what other things have you heard about Christianity, about historic Christianity even, and have you thought about them? I invite you to do so, and I invite you to look for evidence, investigate it, and feel free to tell us what you find. Until then, this has been Dan of the Christian Think Tank, and as always, keep thinking. <music>